0: That's the kind of atmosphere I like to preach in. amen? Take your Bibles with me, if you will. I want you to go to three places with me. Three places with me. I want you to go to Deuteronomy 32, Proverbs 18, Joshua 9. Deuteronomy 32, Proverbs 18, Joshua 9. For you lazy folks, you can just look overhead. He didn't just say that. Yes, he did. I want to say welcome to everybody here. I want to say welcome, especially to our children that are in service with us today. Let me tell you the reason why. We went down to participate in a camp meeting in Corpus Christi. While we were down there, the glory of God moved in such miraculous ways that it was just awestruck. It It was phenomenal. I talked to a father who was in the back of the service and he was visiting the church for the first time and people were laid out in the glory of God the power of God was moving people were dancing it was things were going on and he said I had to explain to my kids what's going on in this place and what the presence that they were feeling I don't want our children to live a life where they don't experience the presence of God I don't, wanna, I don't want them to go to church, and they have a wonderful time in the, in the back. And Miss Carol and our ministry team, they do a phenomenal job with our children, teaching them the word. But we're going to have a built-in service every fifth Sunday. We're going to ask the kids, welcome them in here so that they can experience big church. Because we want them to experience the presence of God. Now let's look here in Deuteronomy 32. As you're turning there, I just want to say on behalf of myself and our pastoral staff, thank you for all the gifts and all the love that you poured upon us this month and last week. We just want to say thank you. I got a year supply of San Pellegrino. I got a year supply of Pop-Tarts. I got a big bunch of bananas. And I got some peanut butter and jelly swirl that I talked about last week. I got to be careful not to preach food for the pulpit because pies mysteriously start showing up on my desk and I'm, I'm trying to get some of this off. Let's look here in Deuteronomy. Do you just want to say on behalf of the staff, we love you and we thank God for you and we are just honored and privileged uh, to be a part of this body of believers and we love you. Thank you for all that you've done and are doing. Let's look here in Deuteronomy. Uh, we're gonna draw our text from Joshua 9. But in Deuteronomy, I want you to I'm gonna ca- I want to want you to capture this. It says, "He said to them" in verse forty six of Deuteronomy thirty two. He said to them, "This is Moses instructing: Set your hearts on all the words which I testify among you today, which you shall command your children to be careful to observe, all of the words of this law, for it is no." idle word for you because it is your life by this word you will prolong your days in the land in which you cross over the Jordan to possess no idle word that word caught my my attention the other day idle means this it means avoiding work it means lazy it means without purpose no effect pointless Moses is saying, and what we can attribute that to is the Word of God. It is not an idle word. In fact, it will take the pointless and bring points to it. It will take the ineffective and cause your life to be effective. It will cause a a purposeless life to become purposeful if you take the Word of God and you apply the Word of God to your everyday life. Proverbs 18 and 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. We'll get back to that verse in a little bit. I just want to get that in your spirit. Now we've been talking about dispossessing the inhabitants of our land. Dispossessing the inhabitants of our land. The word of God, what we find out is that word dispossess is has a twofold meaning. In order for us to step in and occupy we have to unoccupy some other things in order for us to step in and possess we've got to dispossess what is there now as we look at the land of Canaan this is the land of promise for the children of Israel they were not to they were never meant to live out their days in Egypt nor were they meant to live uh, in the wilderness God had destined and purpose for them to live in a land of prosperity In fact, the Lord described it as a land that flowed with milk and honey. Now, if you're not living in a land that flows with milk and honey, let me just encourage you that God has milk and honey for you. In other words, a, a life that is meant to be enriched by the inheritance of God. doesn't mean that every day is Christmas, but it should. Amen? Because the gift of the Son has come into our hearts, and we are called to live in victory. Now, this is where many times that we fall into the trap of the enemy. We see the giants there at our place of promise, and we think we we are off track. Let me tell you, giants are not an indicator that you're off track, they're an indicator that God is moving you in to the place of promise. In fact, those giants, they are bearing witness uh, that you're on track. Now we've been dispossessing, we've dispossessed uh, uh, the Canaanites who, who want us to be controlled by circumstance. We've dispossessed, uh, uh, we've dispossessed uh, others there in the, in the word of God. I've got to get them out here so I can remember as well. The Hittites, we dispossessed fear, we dispossessed the parasites, the rejection we dispossessed the Canaanites the these the circumstantially controlled and today we're going to talk about another enemy of our inheritance and that is the high bites now the high bites were a little tricky people in fact their name and the root meaning of their name means snake snake any reference to snakes in the word? you can't think of one go back to Genesis About the third chapter, there was a serpent. In fact, you go to Revelations, and he's still called the same thing. Uh, But how many here today know when the devil's lying? You can hear his voice. (laughs) All he speaks is lies. So here we have the Hivites, and they are a deceptive people. In fact the others gathered around and they wanted to go out and attack Israel but the high Bites had a different plan there, there were nations there in the first in chapter 9 of Joshua we see that there are many nations that are there and they're gonna rally together and they're gonna go out and attack Israel but the high Bites thought you know let's do something a little different so they took uh, they they acted as the Word of God said they acted craftily they took old sacks and their donkeys and they took wine skins and they they got the wore out tennis shoes you know the ones with the holes in it and the falling off and they they got some old moldy bread they took their old wine sacks and they gathered their stuff and they took their old worn out clothes and and they they went and they found Joshua and the children of Israel now when they got there they they came which brings us to verse 9 and they said to him said to joshua we your slaves have come from a very great distant land because of the name of the lord your god for we heard the news of him and all he had did he did to egypt and all that he did to the amorites and other side of the jordan to king shion of Hisham, King Og, Basham, and Ashtoreth. Verse 11, And our elders and all the inhabitants of the country said to us, Take food and provision for your journey and go meet him." them. So to them we are your slaves. So now make a pact with us. Look, our bread was hot when he took it from our homes. On the day we left to come to you, but now, look, it's dry and crumbly. These wineskins that were filled were new. But see, they are ripped open. These clothes and sandals wore out due to the very long journey. So the men of Israel, that is, examined some of the food, the provisions. This is the part you got to get. Verse 14, but they did not ask the Lord about it. So Joshua made peace with them and made a covenant with them to let them live, and the leaders of the congregation swore an oath to them. Now, three days later, they find out something very important about the Hivites: they're ball-faced liars. Because just over the other hill was the Hivites. See, they they went out and they said, look, we come from this this place. It's so far away. In fact, it's so far away, I just bought these shoes. They're brand new. I, I put them on before I started walking, and now look at them. They're all wore out. This bread was hot right out of the oven, but now look at it. It's moldy. Can't even eat it. These wineskins, this must have been some 100,000 miles away that the journey they took. And we heard all the way over there about your God. Let me tell you, the enemy will stop at nothing. Hear this, he will stop at nothing to keep you in a defeated life. He will stop at nothing to keep you from the good God has in store for you. He will stop at nothing and if if allowed, he would enter into every home and destroy every child and destroy every person because the ability to love has been taken from him. There's no creature that is more afraid than the devil. There is no creature more afraid than Satan himself. And what he wants to do is reproduce in you fear and lies and destruction and distortion of truth. He'll use any means and any measures to stop you from experiencing the goodness of God and to keep the goodness of God from flowing through you. Now this morning in prayer, the Lord whispered something to me. And he simply said this, we inhabit what inhabits us. We occupy what occupies us. What does it mean to inhabit? It means to live in an environment. We live in an environment. And depending upon the environment we're living in will determine how much we occupy within that particular environment. Let me put it this way. What occupies my thoughts? What occupies my treasure? What occupies my talent? What occupies my time? You experienced something in here this morning. Worship team began to worship. Worship team set aside time to come and be prepared before before you were prepared to come in. They were worshiping before you even thought maybe to begin to engage in the activity of worship. But then those talents now begin to open up treasure in this place. There was, a, there was an anointing that's setting upon the worshipers, and as they begin to worship, that talent begin to, be, begin to cause a release of glory in this house. But see, you got to start somewhere. you got to start with praise. you got to start with worship. you got to start with truth. you got to start with God. Let me ask you this. What is occupying your thought life right now? Because whatever you is inhabiting you, that is where you are living right now. But it's my goal and intent to bring you into the place of the realm of the glory of the living God, to dispel the myths of, that the enemy has, and to present to you as much as possible to open my heart to this church to open their heart to release the glory of the presence of the person of the Lord Jesus Christ I don't have any other agenda you can think good of me or bad of me it makes no difference what matters is do you know jesus christ as lord and savior and are you experiencing the goodness of the father and are you allowing the spirit to use you in the magnitude beyond your imagination yes. now as we look to the word of god we see some characteristics about these liars we see some characteristics about these liars this high bite means snake if we know if we can if you can hear the voice of satanic forces it's a lie it's a lie some of you are here are saying i don't listen to the devil Let me tell you, when you hear the voices that say, God hates you, that's not God. That's the devil. If you hear voices that say you're worthless and no good, that's not the word of God. That's not God speaking because he said you're fearfully and wonderfully made. If you hear the voice that says no one accepts me i'm completely rejected i have no place in church or in any form of community i am called to live alone that is not the spirit of god speaking to you that is the antichrist spirit the spirit of satan who is speaking to you to tell you that you don't belong the circumstances surrounding your life uh, that have brought ruin and desperation and destruction uh, and you attribute that to the good God uh, as saying that God did this to me, let me say to you that was not God that did that to you. It was the enemy and the voices you were hearing is not from God, uh, that's from the devil. That's how we begin to understand. But see, the deception is so real. Now, what does the definition of a lie mean? It means the misrepresentation of truth. The misrepresentation of truth. Now, these Hivites, three characteristics I'm going to look at when it comes to the Hivites, the snakes, the lies that we're talking about. First of which, they manipulate by misrepresentation. What does a lie do? It manipulates through misrepresentation why do people lie it's a good question they lie to maybe acquire something that doesn't belong to them maybe the truth is too hard to bear or maybe it's just a self-protective means there's multiple reasons why people may lie let me tell you why the enemy lies to you it's to have what rightfully belongs to you it is to protect himself because if you ever discover the truth then you're liberated from the cage of that lie you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free does anybody in this house want to be free let me tell you you can live in the level of freedom that you so choose to live in the level of truth If you refuse to live in truth, then you're not going to live in freedom, but you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. There is no limit on the freedom that you can have. You can have freedom today from oppression, depression, anxiety, sin, anything that comes into your life. You can discover a freedom that comes from the truth of God's Word. But notice here, they manipulated by misrepresentation. They came across as being weak and feeble and they said this to the Israelites we want to be your servants they didn't want to be the servants words right out of my mouth they did not want to be the servant they wanted to be the masters Anything that you will allow to serve you You will end up serving if you allow Insecurity to talk you out of the talent and the treasure and the time and that God has in store for you If you decide that you're too feeble and too weak and you can't do what God has called you to do and you allow insecurity to stop you You will serve that insecurity Oh, you get a temporal benefit from that insecurity and that's being able to just stay seated in your place but what fun is that i tell you it's a whole lot more exciting to get up and face your fears and just keep on moving amen just keep on uh, pressing in and pushing forward and say Lord what do you have in store for me Oh, and you feel like you may be this tall compared to everyone else. That is perfect because God uses weakness to show forth his strength. He's not looking for the strong. He's got to take your strengths and bring them down to a place that is actually manageable to be used of God. Amen? So you look here. You're always trying to overcompensate for your insecurity. Man, embrace it. Walk in it. Say, oh, look at me. I'm nothing without God. But let me tell you, I can do everything through him. See, the misrepresentation, manipulation through misrepresentation. The enemy always comes in and he's like, look at the circumstance surrounding you. Look at the situation surrounding you. What you see is all there is. See, they examined them. They looked at them and said, "Yeah, that bread's moldy. Must be telling the truth." there's Some wore-out sandals, man. They're those are those those sandals. They were new. How do you know? Because they said. Well, look at their clothes. They're all worn out. They were new when they left it must be true how do you know it's because what I'm looking at it's evidence it's but let me tell you it's circumstantial it's not the truth it's not the truth look at your situation uh, and me again now to align that not to what you see but what you cannot see what you cannot see is more e- it is eternal uh, and if you can see it it's only temporal See, this is where the enemy traps you and I. If we are only, if we are only will-powered. Andrew was teaching this morning and the Lord just dropped something in my spirit. We have two power sources in us. We have willpower and spirit power. Now, if I'm only driven by willpower, I will wear out. My will is involved in this thing, but not to the degree than which you might suspect Now let me let me explain it this way and some of you electricians uh, You can you can you can maybe get this analogy and I think has every person in here have you Reached over and turned a light switch on If you haven't raised your hand, we'll help you before the day's over Now Chris, help me. You're an electrician. Go over there to that light switch right over there. Over there. I want you to turn that light switch off. Okay. There's no light over there, is there? No, there's no light. Now, this is how your will is involved. Your will is involved by flipping that switch. Did that did his involvement cause these lights to come on? You can be seated now. Somewhat. He was participating. That's his willpower, But the spirit power will lock in into this. Very likely that is a, a 12, 3 gauge wire. There's a hot and a neutral in the ground and it goes back to a breaker box and I'm not sure the size of the amperage of our breaker boxes that we have here, but in a residential home that's probably a hundred200 amp breaker box. But that's not where it stops. Oh no no no. it goes up to the it goes up out of service entrance cable to a transformer that transformer is a little bit more power. Now that small wire, it connects to a bigger wire that connects to a transformer that connects to a bigger wire. And that bigger wire goes to a substation. That's where when the voltage begins to drop, they put it in the substation and it raises it back up That's not the origin of that power. No, no, no Dad, you got to keep going and sometimes it's for miles and miles But you go along that 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 line that power line And eventually you're going to get to a power source and it's not going to be a little bitty power source It's not going to be a couple of batteries. No, it's going to be a facility So big and it's going to have a power that's so great that that great power is going to push through all of the transmission lines all the way to the transformer all the way to that switch and that is called spirit power. Now I can't produce the power. All I got to do is flip the switch. The power is already there. Now I can decide, as a child of God, I'm going to live out my days in willpower, and I'm going to have this little candle of wax and a little wick on the end of it, and I'm going to take a flint rock and and I'm going to be striking and trying to get that fire to start, and then I'm once and I'm going to take that fire and I'm going to put it on that candle. Go light your world. Or I can take my willpower and I can go to the switch and just flip the switch and now watch the spirit power that originates in heaven that will never go out that does not need fuel in order to continue to operate and it will go all the way down to where it needs to be. So I've got my willpower and I've got spirit power. What do lies do? They misrepresent the truth. They tell you that what you see is all there is they bring you out into a valley of hopelessness and despair and if the prophet Ezekiel would have looked only through the natural eyes and not allowed the Spirit of the Lord to speak to him and for him to reach over and flip that switch in that vision those bones would have remained where they were but see there's a willpower and there's a spirit power in church when you put those two together there's real power that is transmitted into the world today that's what the enemy's after he's want to keep you away from those switches because if you get to that switch and your wheel connects to the spirits wheel and now all of a sudden there's power in your life because if he can keep you in the misrepresentation of what is really going on and manipulate you through circumstance, you start hearing the voices of the situation being greater than the voice of God. It'll drown out the truth in our life. But notice there also, there they manipulated through misrepresentation. That's what lies do. They misrepresent the truth may take small measures of truth in there let me tell you a half lie a a, a half truth is a whole lie a half truth is a whole lie but if we look here what we see is they declare distance when in reality they are intimate they declare distance when in reality they are intimate see when the enemy wants to control us through lies and fear control us through lies and fear he will tell us destruction is imminent Amen. you're gonna die today you're not gonna make it through the week you're gonna get your disease and you're gonna die there's you, what happened to others is going to happen to you. There's, there's all these lies. You're going to be consumed. You're going to, there's your, your children are not going to make it. Your husband's not going to make it. Your wife's not going to. All of these things begin to, they're going to think badly of you. There's going to be sudden destruction. When the enemy wants to control us with lies, he uses immediate destruction tactics. But when he wants to control us with lies of compromise, He tells you that there's a great distance off. Don't worry about it. It's not ever going to happen. We live so far away from you, we will never be that noisy neighbor. We will not be the one complaining about your late night parties. We're not going to be the ones getting on to you because the lights are too bright because you got them shooting up there above your window or below your windows. We're not going to be the nosy neighbors that are coming in all of the time. You'll never have to worry about us because we live all the way over there. See our shoes? It took us a long time to get here. See, lies misrepresent, uh, mismanipulate by misrepresentation. But then lies also, as the Hivites show us, the snakes talking and telling you, there will be no destruction anytime soon. Just keep going in the path that you're going on. Just eat this fruit. You will not surely die. Just go ahead and continue in that relationship that is not covenanted before God. There will be no recourse to it. Just keep on looking there at the thing that you know you're not supposed to be looking at, and you will not have to pay any price for it. Just who are you harming? Just go ahead and pop another top. You just, you had six today. You can have seven tomorrow. Those six didn't bother you. You got away with it. Just keep going and keep going and keep going. It's never going to be a bother. See the enemy when he wants to control us by compromise, he always uses distance. It was such a long way away. I've had a man tell me I'm putting off paying bills in hope for the rapture. <laughs> let me tell you he'll have plenty of time <laughs> to pay those debts. <laughs> because if you got that mindset, then let me tell you, you you're in trouble. Amen. In trouble. lies manipulate by misrepresentation declares distance when reality it is intimate but also this is the thing that i want us to see today most of all notice that they did not come to the lord and they didn't ask god communication outside the counsel of god that's what lies high bites They want you to communicate outside the counsel of God. They want you to communicate outside the counsel of God. Why do you believe that we live in a a time in our American history, in the world history, where people are biblically illiterate? There is more availability for the Word of God today than any other generation. Some of you pull out your phone because you've got an app on your phone. You can look at every translation imaginable. Preachers, teachers, students of the Word, they are readily available to us. Yet we have all of the time in the world to do other activities, but we just can't seem to find time for the Word of God. I believe there is something else going on. And that something else is the liar has hold of our heart and telling us that we need to make decisions based upon what we can see, what we can taste, what we feel, and what we perceive instead of what the Spirit of the Lord tells us in the Word. We are circumstance-sensually driven people, and God wants us to be spiritually driven people to where we get a hold of the book and we discover what God has to say about it. And we don't get antsy and we don't get uh, so worked up because God didn't move uh, at four uh, o'clock on Friday morning. Let me tell you, if God is not telling you what to do, your best plan of action is to do nothing at all. Wait on God. If the Lord has brought you to a Red Sea crossing and you are freaking out because you feel the breath of the enemy on your back and you look at the mountains beside and you are trapped in a situation and you're wondering, what am I going to do? You're not going to do anything other than lift the rod of the Word of God and say, I'm going where God tells me to. It's going to take a surrendered heart. Now, you didn't think I was going to get to it, but I want you to go back to Proverbs 18. Proverbs 18 and 21. This is what a lie will tell you. Don't ask God. You don't need to bother him. Look, the answer is as plain as the nose on your face. Look, you, you just need to stay put and ju- just, just do what I'm telling you to do. Come on, let's make a covenant. Come on, you see me. I'm poor, impoverished, and I can't hurt you. I can't harm you. I, I live so far away from you. You don't. Have, you'll never have to worry about me. I'm your slave. Not really. I want to be your master. But I, I didn't say that, you know. So you're sitting there. Yeah, it looks looks plausible. Looks legit. Looks like that's what I ought to do. Okay, let's shake hands on it. We've made an oath. Yeah. Uh, only to find out lied through their teeth then communicate with God David is a man after God's own heart but repeatedly he got himself in trouble and the only time he got in trouble is when he didn't inquire of the Lord now he was at Ziklag and at Ziklag he was there and he cried with the rest of them they were getting ready to stone him he lost everything that he had but he shows an example of a man who who reached for the counsel of God now Proverbs with that in mind I want you to look here at, at Proverbs 18 and 21 death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit now I just got to thinking about the mouth interesting faculty God has given us with your mouth Houses your teeth, your tongue, and with your mouth, you ingest the nutrients you need to sustain your life. Most of you, I'm not saying all of you, most of you will either go to the house or you'll go to a restaurant and you'll sit down and you're going to order and they're going to bring something out before you and when you sit down at that table you're going to take that fork after you give god praise for it and you're going to take it that fork and you're going to cut into that big old steak you're going to reach over and grab that chicken you're going to eat that salad first because you know you need to and then you're going to put that in your mouth and you're going to chew that up and you're going to swallow it and i am venture to guess that when you go to the restaurant, you're not going to order something you don't like. You're going to order what you like. And I found out that when it comes to a lifestyle of eating healthy, I've got to change what I like. That's just for somebody out there. (laughs) Because I like (laughs) Pop-Tarts. I like a year's supply of Pop-Tarts, but I I shared my Pop-Tarts. Not all of them, but some of them. (laughs) Moderation is good, but, you know, a, a mountain of Pop-Tarts, that's not going to help me. But see, the mouth is also houses the tongue. And as our physical man receives through the mouth and sustains this life, our spiritual man does the same thing. Through the words in which we speak see this mouth is used to sustain this body but this mouth is also used to sustain our life and our victory because we can bless with this tongue or we can curse we can complain or we can prophesy we can declare the truth of God's Word or we can rehearse the lies and the thing about the tongue it is the revealer of the heart it's the revealer of the heart for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks and if you want to know what's in your heart listen to what's coming out of your mouth uncle buddy was a was an actual preacher but that went out and he had a bit of a stutter and I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna try to do a stutter but he was in a camp meeting one time there was a deacon sitting on the stage hmm well I'll try so the deacon sitting on the stage in this camp meeting outside of a tent and all of a sudden these ruffians, these young teenage boys, found some rotten eggs. They came in the back and they just blasted the stage with these rotten eggs. The deacon got up and he just began to cuss because if you ever smelt a rotten egg, it might make you want to cuss. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Nasty! He just began to cuss and throw a fit, and I'm gonna kill these boys. And what in the world's going on? But here's Uncle buddy As soon as those eggs hit him and that aroma went up in his nostrils, uh, he lifted his hands and started praising God. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, when the when the deacon after the service was feeling a little bit condemned, he said, He said, Preacher. How is it when the eggs hit me, I started to cuss, but when the eggs hit you, you started to praise? He said, well, 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 it's like this. Whatever's in you, when the devil hits you, will come out of you. (laughs) The, 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 The cuss was in you, and the praise was in me. Now, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Interesting enough, that word power, you know what it means? It means hand. I said, Lord, what does that mean? The hand of the tongue? The hand of the tongue? Death and life are in the power of the tongue? Death and life are in the hand of the tongue? He said, son, that, what that means is whatever you reach for. What are you reaching for, church? It's what you love to eat. I'm not going to order something today that I don't love to eat or tolerant to eat. I might order the salad, but there's going to be a steak to follow. Some lots of, I'm going to drown that thing in dressing feel good about every bite because it's blessed to the Lord see death and life are in the power of the tongue so I have the ability within me to speak truth or lies to listen to lies or to listen to truth and depending on what I love to eat will determine what I reach for what am I reaching for am I reaching into that place and pulling out those seeds see because that hand scatters those seeds am I reaching in to that place and I'm always presenting what has been invoked in me and I'm coming forth with this anger with fear and anxiety let me tell you, every time you're poked, if there's just a vomit of cuss that comes out of you, an accusation against everyone else, that's what's in you. But what I want to get in you is the mindset. I'm reaching for truth. But in order for me to feed upon truth, I've got to sow some truth and I've got to start right here in the soul of my own heart. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. There is no weapon formed against me that's ever going to prosper. My God, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah. A thousand shall fall at my side, but ten thousand at my right hand. But it will not come nigh me. Every place that the sole of my foot shall tread upon, it belongs to me. My God, I want, Lord God, you to inhabit me, Lord God, so that I can inhabit the inheritance that you have in store. Are you reaching for death? Because let me tell you, the devil is dealing it out like crazy. Let me tell you how many different ways you could die. You'll never get over it, you never get over it, you never get over it, you never, never get over it. It's going to affect you and you and, you and you and you and you and you and you and you, and you're all going to die. Look, you're all dead. Yeah, but I rose again on the third day with the living God on the inside of me. And now the power of his resurrection tells me I'm alive. I'm alive. See, all of this could have been avoided. Joshua's life if and only if they would have started at the start and just asked the Lord just ask the Lord I love the woman who was there who housed the prophet and when her son was brought from the field most likely had a heat stroke laid in her arms and he died she didn't go and bury her son she took her son and went up to the place that she had prepared for the prophet for the voice of God and then she said go get me the chariot and a young man or the wagon and the young man and a mule or horse or whatever she's pulling her and we're gonna go after the prophet and when she got there she didn't tell her she didn't tell her husband before she left she didn't tell the servant when he came out said no i want the source of the one who made the promise i won't to talk to him i won't to talk to the one i don't want to talk to the situation and when she got there she fell upon her face and she, she grabbed him around his around his legs and she said you made me a promise and i want to know what's up she didn't care about talking to anyone but the promise giver Because he's the only one that could sustain the promise in her. And so he went, he said, take this rod, servant, and go lay it, this staff, and lay it upon that child. He went into that room, and that promise did not die. It was not buried. That promise rose up again. And I believe it's time, folks, that we first off have to have a place set aside for the voice of God. And to stand upon that promise and say, Lord, I'm going to give you the last word in this situation. I'm going to reach for truth. And God, I'm asking for me personally that you would give me the strength to be the person. that, Lord, when the devil does hit and poke, that what comes out of me is what's already in me. And that's not the lies of the enemy, but truth, truth of God's word. Let me tell you, in order for us to occupy, in order for us to occupy truth, we've got to drive out the lies. I am so extremely grateful that God does not reconcile to me. Now, I'll tell you, if you ever said this, please don't say it in my presence, because sometimes things come out of me that I don't even expect to come out of me. We got in a conversation here at Walmart the other day, and a man was just, he was just poking on this so cultural thing. And before we know it, I was having a whole, I was just telling him all about how the cow ate the cabbage. I don't mean that in a negative way. I was just saying, I don't want to listen to the lies of culture. I want to tell you about truth. The truth is, Jesus Christ is coming. Jesus Christ is coming. What I'm getting at is this. When we get ourselves in a situation and we have this idea that me and the big man in the sky have this agreement those very words just crawl up the back my back it is so irksome for me to hear the big man in the sky he is Jehovah God He's the living God. Here's Emmanuel, God with us. He is the Holy Spirit. He is life. He is the lily of the valley. He is the bright and morning star. You can call him a lot of a lot of things. Uh, let me tell you, he is human and he is sitting at the right hand of the Father. He is a righteousness. He's our peace. He's our hope. You can call him a lot of different things uh, but just don't call him in that negative sense uh, that he's like you because he's not like you. Uh, you have to be like him. Uh, and he didn't come as an example for us. He came as an example of us. Uh, and he brings us into a place of relationship I do not want God to reconcile to me I don't want God to think like I think i want to think like he thinks I don't want to move like I don't want him to move like I move because if I had my choice I'd put him in a little bitty box and I'd set him in a corner and I would worship him when I felt like it in other way, and otherwise, and the rest of the time I would just ignore him you're not gonna put God in the box in a box big enough to house the omnipresent God in whom we serve. Stop belittling God in your own mind and just say, I'm going to reach for the God who's real. Lord, I do not want you to reconcile to me. I want to be reconciled to you. As, long as we got that cleared up, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Could you stand with me today? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! See, our walk with the Lord is not meant to be drudgery. It's not meant to be that we're back in the back like gerbils on a wheel trying to create like the Flintstones in the car. We're we're generating the power in order to make this thing go. We're supposed to take our wheel to that switch called faith and reach over for it and turn it on so that the eternal supernatural spirit power initiates connects see the wonderful thing is is when Chris flipped the switch the power is still there power's ready not just because the bill's been paid but the power's ready the power's ready just standing by what is it waiting on? Your will to initiate faith. Your will to initiate faith. For, for Shelba to be up here under the anointing using a talent uh, that God has given her to open her mouth in faith. And when she does, the glory of God begins to... Illuminate in this room uh, for Tristan over here. You begin to allow the spirit of God to use her as the as the as the flip is uh, the switch is flipped, uh, and all of a sudden the glory begins. Uh, as Sandra begins to move uh, by the power of God, uh, here just rejoicing, worshiping God. Uh, what did she do? She's releasing the glory in this place. Uh, oh, what's going to happen when you go home today? And you just begin to reach for her with the hand of your tongue uh, and say, "I don't want any more death. Uh, I'm sick to death of the lies. Uh, I'm sick to." Death of the enemy God give me the strength and the power to know the power that lives in me and you reach for truth yeah. lift your hands to heaven Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we come before you Lord today Lord we ask in this house right now and father that we understand the power that we have within the hand of our tongue that your desire Lord God for us is to reach is to reach for truth in life and stop reaching for death the Lord we may experience enjoy the fruits of what you have called us to live in Lord we can only inhabit what inhabits us. Lord, let every destruction be destroyed right now. Every bit of distraction be destroyed right now in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus name. Thank you for your truth today. There are those that are in this house right now. Just wait just with me just a few more minutes. Just wait a few more minutes. Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for your mercy and grace. And Lord, I just ask right now, speak to our hearts. There are those of you in this place, and you have been, you have lived and listened to lies so long that they have become your truth, which is not God's truth. You have been told. Look up here at me. You wonder how the enemy does what the enemy does in such a magnitude. He comes in with the hurt as early as possible. To bring destruction. And then he walks away. And then we start building the structure around us. we start building upon the lies. We start building upon the hurt. We start trying to self-protect. We get a misunderstanding because the enemy has manipulated us through a misrepresentation of God. He never takes credit for what he does. He always blames God. And in so doing, we, we grow up in a life filled with this shelter the Lord is wanting to release us from (laughs) captivity release us from the prison and the pain by letting the light of his truth come in this morning if you would say I want God to lead me into truth so that I might be free. I want you to lift your hand right now, wherever you're at. Lord, I want to be free. I want to be free. Father, I'm asking today, Almighty God, that Lord, that you would move in us and through us. I cannot escape this this morning. I, I wanted to move right into communion, but we're going to take communion in just a moment. I believe God's going to do something right now. When you come to this altar, the Lord is going to break up some foundation of past history. He's He's going to rip away some lies out of your life. Come on, come on. Some of you are going to walk out of the cage of fear, and you're not going to go back. Some of you are going to walk out of depression, and you're not going to go back. Some of you in here this morning, you're going to, you're leaving different than what you came. You've listened to all the lies of the enemy and God is, he's, he's taken all of those myths about himself and he's removed. Come on, come on, this altar is open. Come on, God is moving in this place right now. You're not leaving like you came in Jesus' name. You're not leaving like you came in Jesus' name. God is moving in this place. He's fixing to revolutionize your life. He's bringing you out of the lies. He's going to instill his truth inside of you. Come on, come on. Come on, God is here right now. He loves you. He cares about you. He does not want you to continue to feast at that table of destruction and despair. He wants you to live in a life that reaches through the hand of your tongue. Your communication is going to change. Your attitude is going to change. Your countenance is going to change. You're not leaving like you came in Jesus' name. The Lord is taking you on a journey, and it begins here, begins now. Come on. Come on, these altars are open. Worship team, come back up here. Come back up here and help us right now. Come back. If you're not in the altar, come back up here and help us right now. Come on, worship team.